you're exactly where you need to be. And you're listening to ADD Comedy with Dave Rosaski. Teresa Mulligan Rosenthal is our guest today on ADD Comedy with Dave Rosaski, and I am so happy about that. I've known Teresa since my days at Second City, Chicago. Teresa and I were castmates in one of my favorite improv casts out here in L.A. Stacy's not here. We chat about that. Teresa's been nominated for an Emmy, has written on How I Met Your Mother, South Park, Greetings from Tucson, and coming soon to Netflix, here's a good one, Maria Bamford's Lady Dynamite. Teresa's been on 12 episodes of Mr. Show with Bob and David, Third Rock from the Sun and Seinfeld. Teresa has a nice little story at the end of our podcast following our announcements. I'm going to make that a regular thing. <laughs> Stay tuned for that, Jewel. In the meantime, enjoy my pod chat with Teresa Mulligan Rosenthal. Um, this is what I was thinking about. Because I always think about... I always... Like, I'll, I'll do research on people, but I don't really get, I don't really care what you've done. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> and this is what... but. And, and then I'll think, what is it that I, when I think about whoever's coming over, what's the uh-huh. first thing that I think about? And <laughs> George Washington out. <Al. laughs> exactly. 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 George Washington out. Um, <laughs> uh, we could do a whole two hours on that. I know. Um, but I, what I think about a lot is um, you're one of the first people that I knew that went from... Um, the act being an act being an actor to mm-hmm. writing and to writing on a really fucking strong le- le- uh, level if you, uh-huh. if you want like really like fucking hunkering down and writing and you're one of the first people that that did that and then when i went through all of your this is going to come out totally wrong when i went through all <laughs> of like your imdb things that you've done all the writing that you've done all the stats that you've done um, this is really going to come out bad. I was I was thinking about this. How many shows you've been on and how many shows have ended? Oh, my God. Every year. I'm always on new shows that maybe they'll get a second season, but then don't go further than that. That's probably the most I've, I've done is. Except How I Met Your Mother was longer, obviously. That was then, really long. Yeah. And I you would, did a bunch of things over there, right? You, did, you, you weren't just a writer. Things? You oh. were also like the other titles that you've had. Yeah, well, as you go along, you just get the next title. Got it. It's just a given. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but some shows, like even um, run of, I mean, um, Greetings from Tucson, Peter let Peter us. Peter Marietta show. Yeah, Peter. Mm-hmm. He let us be in the editing room. So some shows, they let you be in the editing room. They let you be in casting. It depends on the showrunner and what they, how they run their shows. So, right. Um, What's it crushing? So you do like some the first, the first, Like when, when, when a too. show ends. Because really what I'm getting to is this. The idea of. The idea of, and this is where I was like, oh, I don't want you to think that I'm calling it a failure, but the idea of failure, like like something stopping and you're going, what yeah. the fuck am I going to do now? Well, I take personal rejection really hard. Um, so I've never really had like, it's not a rejection. It's not, it doesn't feel like a failure in the sense that I personally fa- failed because there's so many people involved and we've tried our best. And you can blame just, a bunch of people. I can blame so many people but myself. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, believe me, I've single-handedly brought down shows, but... <laughs> but Sometimes that's what you get hired to do. Exactly. Uh, so um, they call me the tank because I tank it. <laughs> Here comes a tank with Here her she spare. Comes. <laughs> But most of the time when the show ends, you don't know if you're picked up or not. So right. you don't feel a sense of failure. It's a slow, it's a slow burn uh-huh, of failure. Right. Where you're kind <laughs> of going, is this going to... Is it? Do so, I have to... And then you look for another job. And then by the time 
the other one doesn't come back, you've got hopefully a couple offers. But you learn or that. at least one to go on a new show. Yeah. But it's it's scary. Every year you don't have a job. Or I didn't have a job. Um, except for how I met your mother, then I was able to. So it's, but it's also like being an actor where you go, I am doing this right now. Uh, and this is going to end. Exactly. And then what am yeah. I going to do? So I was already used to it from that. Mm-hmm. And even like, you know, I didn't get a lot of acting jobs before I started writing. So I didn't really have the experience of like, oh, I've been on a show for six years. Right. And, you know, like I'm set. So I didn't have a false sense of like, this is coming back and this is it. I can right. spend all my money and all that stuff. <sighs> that spend all your money thing. I know. Man, a lot. Although, you know, once you're poor for most of your adult life and childhood, once you get money that and you're getting paid a right, you know, a good paycheck, then it's it's really hard. For me, it was hard not to spend a lot of money. That's what I mean. Because finally I mean. you have money. Right. Yeah. And and you go, oh, and it's also if you're thinking, oh, that is, I remember when I first came here, I think I got, in one in the first year, I think I got seven commercials, national spots. That's amazing. It's fucking That's amazing. Great. It really, really is. Yeah. And then you start going, okay, seven, and I just got here, so I'm going to get better then you start at counting it. Counting on and that, and then yeah. you start going, okay, so in two years I can make thirty-four million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> carry the one. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know what? I can hire someone to carry the one. Carry. That's that's a good idea. Because once are exactly. especially at your level. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh no, once I know. You're there, I know. I know. That's why I got the fit. And you don't have time. Oh, I don't have time. To carry I the don't one. have time to carry the one. No. Who the fuck has time to carry the one? I don't. Oh my god. That's why there are I have four that's why there are minorities. Oh. Yeah. But you live in the valley. That's true. Where the one's heavier. That's you have true. a house. You have a fucking compound. I know. You have a compound. A compound. <laughs> no, I have a very small house actually. It, when I but think it about has it, levels. I, like right. there's a couple you have to go downstairs to get to the up like up four stairs to get to the den. You know, it's one of those like seventies tri level ish. It also things. seems like it was built. So it makes in it pieces. seem bigger. I, it was. It yeah. actually was. It yeah. was it was a even like a tiny It tiny was house. it started with like, like a shed. It was a shed. <laughs> and then they built a shoe closet. Just a shoe closet. It's not even big enough to put clothes in. Oh, my in. God. Well, be, yeah. yeah. Don't you also think that... I, I'm going to go back to the money thing, just thinking about... There's also the temptation of uh, that idea of being um, a, a child of the Depression or having grown up in the Depression, I, you say. Yeah, I grew up in don't. the Depression. <laughs> I, know, I know. That's why I'm saying it to you. No, but my mom did. Yeah, my mom yeah. did too. So that and trickle I think, down, you feel it. My mom, I think, is very, she's a really good spender. I mean, she's a good uh-huh. saver. And yeah. she also is an investor. That's really good. Right. Yeah. And she will invest. And I'll go, wow, that's great. I got to tell you, Teresa, I don't have, I don't have a house. I don't have, you know, I've got, I've got savings. Right. Uh, but I wonder, what the fuck's going to happen? I know. It's scary. I know. You've got to pack it away. Even little bits. I know. You gotta pack it away. Yeah. Um, and then you think about. I'm not about, great at that. Uh, well, but you have a house. Jeff Rosenthal helps with that. He he's good with that. Yeah. Your husband. Yeah, he's yeah. good at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And putting that money away, and like saying, I have right. like the idea of I've but, got this thing. Right. Yeah. Uh, and but as it's a, hard to in this business because you don't know where your next job is. You always have to kind of use your money that you've made that year to get you through the next year until you're on another show. Because sometimes I've done that ones that are like 12, a lot of times I've done ones that were only 12. Th- like the past 12 three years were 13, 12 episodes. Mm-hmm. And so I had 
six to eight months off. You know, that's that's kind of a long time. And what are you doing with that six to eight months off? Like, what are you mentally doing? I'm not asking you, like, well, we built that shoe shed and that's what we, like, that shoe closet. So what do you, like, <laughs> what, what mentally, what are you doing with that? Because I know, I know people who, who take that time and do things like, oh, what am I going to do? Uh, my girlfriend Laura and I have a new catchphrase. It's this. <laughs> Ugh. That's a new catchphrase. You should make a t-shirt and mug. We should. We're working on how to spell that. <laughs> That's a good idea first. Right. Yeah. Put um, the cart before the horse. Right. Ugh. Ugh. So it's like the idea of what are you, how are you? Mentally. Are, are you, because I see that you and Jeff have gone on vacation. You've done vacations. We've done vacations. We mainly did vacations when we, on How I Met Your Mother, we did when I knew I was coming back for a couple of the years. But, you know, you never know. You never know. You never do know. Right. So, um, but, uh, yeah, I try to just, re I just relax because I'm really exhausted at the end of the season and I was sick for four or five years. Mm -hmm. That was a celiac thing. So did by you, the time uh, uh, the season was done, 13 was done, I was like, oh my God, thank God. I did you know that you had celiac or were you, were you being, were you being, um, uh, were you going, but the doctors don't know, the doctors don't know, the doctors don't doctors know. Doctors don't know. Doctors don't know. Well, <clears throat> I had um, a herniated. This I really didn't want to dwell on this, but I had a hi, I had a hiatal, hiatal hernia, uh -huh. and then that caused a, a what do you call it an ulcer in my esophagus. Right, and then then I found out I had uh, which I quit having gluten, but it's in a lot of stuff that I didn't know at first, and so thus the shitting. Right, um, but. Uh, I guess celiac caused this other intestinal thing called small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. So even though I knew I ended name. up finding out that I had celiac, it's mm. never good. It's, it's you never can good. call it SIBO, SIBO to your friends. Okay. Um, but uh, so that was the final thing that actually Linda Holney had and said, it sounds like you had Pete what Holney's I wife. had, Pete Holney's wife, mm -hmm. lovely lady and couple. Lovely lady. Uh, and so I went to her doctor and he gave me an antibiotic in within a week I was perfectly fine it's so I could not believe it and that's after f like five years the idea see. of the idea of the fucking diagnosis where you go i'm not crazy I and know. i'm not dying my intestines are falling apart right and please somebody tell me and i went to like over 10 doctors like right. that just was like i had everything checked gallbladder tests you know all everything and they couldn't figure it out and then um yeah linda holney at a party was like Go to this doctor, and I did, and it was a miracle. And I, and I, the day that I woke up after finishing the antibiotics, I cried because I hadn't been out of pain for five years. You haven't been out of pain for five years. Yeah. And the interesting thing about for me about pain is you, you that's your normal, and you get used to the normal. And yeah. then when you don't have it, I totally understand the crying. It's like your whole life opens up. Right. Yeah. Um, and you know, I was able to work full time, all of that, but I'd, I'd come home and I'd just go to bed immediately and, mm -hmm. you know, but. So you got your life, you got, you got, it's not that you got your life back because you really, you, you got a new life. Yeah. And Jeff got a new life. Oh my God. Jeff was like my nurse. He was amazing. He really, you know, just was there for me. It was amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The idea of having a partner, having somebody there for you. Sick. Yeah, right? <laughs> well, but... Well, like, no, on I, my side of it, yeah. Right. Amazing. Like to have somebody there, have somebody, you know, and you were married and I was married and I talk a lot about Katie and uh, and and 
I gotta say, she made my life better, even though you know yeah. it ended in divorce. She really made my life better. She was a very great partner. Yeah. For a for a long time, and then you I was going to ask you about her because I haven't heard much what she's up to or anything. Um, she. So when Boyd died, when we put Boyd down, because oh, we shared, Boyd. right, we shared custody of Boyd. Uh-huh. Um, and then when Boyd died, she, uh, no need to have the house anymore. And right. she had bought me out of the house. So yeah. she sold the house and moved to Asheville, North Carolina. Oh, wow. So she's just, the idea of just upping and going. Yeah. Of saying uh, that, the idea of, and, oh, wait a minute, there's no need for me to be here anymore. Right. And where, why did she go there? Was it, did her she have family there? there. Oh, okay. Her sister's there. And she went back to school. I can't remember for what. She got a master's degree in organizational management. Oh, okay. And I was there with her for that. Right. And that was really quite That's an huge. awesome thing. Yeah. That was an awesome thing because I learned a whole bunch right. about organizational management and like just reading over all of her things and the idea of having a partner and the idea of two people being together and supporting yeah. each other in that way and and to know that the first there's somebody who when something happens that's the person you want to talk to that's yep. the person you want to tell something to yeah that's the person you want to bounce something off of right um especially if you know that they're going to hear you and not bring in any bullshit Exactly. From yeah. Oh, this is why you have nice. This is why you can't. We don't have any, right. any nice stuff. Yes. Is because you know, <laughs> as opposed to just going. I don't know about that. What do you think? I don't think that that's a good idea. And right. I don't think it's a good idea because this isn't this, this. Right. Or I think it's a great idea, and this is an opportunity for you to. Yeah, Jeff's got gotten really good at you know the the thing that you hear about that guys want to fix, and they want to tell you how. And you know, I don't know if it's just a learning curve or what, but he's. He's very good at listening to whatever day I've had or whatever it is and not saying like, he used to play devil's advocate for the other person and that's hard. And, you know, he's, but he's very good now at being really supportive and just like, yep, mm-hmm, it sucks, you yeah. know, whatever it is. Right. Because that's the, all you need to hear. No, I don't need time. to hear devil's advocate. I don't need to hear oh, the other person's side. <laughs> no. That moment. Oh, no, like, that's not, that's the last thing I want to hear is for you to defend whoever it is right. that I'm bitching against. Well, maybe they thought this. and the, the, uh, Oh, yeah, you I, know what? Shut the care. fuck up. No, I don't care. <laughs> uh, can you just say, mm, okay, great. Yeah, good. And I'm not asking you to hold your opinion. I'm asking you to don't devil's advocate the fuck out of me. Yeah, and nobody ever does. That's hard to hear when you're in an angry place. Oh yeah, shitty that just happened. I don't even know if I even want an angel's advocate. (laughs) I know it's true. Well, sometimes an angel's advocate can make you stop and go. I wasn't that great in that situation. Um, okay, I had but, some if, fault in it. You know right, what I mean? Right. Yeah, a devil's advocate would go, now wait a minute. Yeah. But Hitler had a good idea. <laughs> and you're going, what? 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 No. No. <laughs> no. 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 He was, wasn't even a good artist. No. No. I remember well, saying. I don't know. Well, I don't know either. I mean, I, I, all roads lead to Hitler. Which is the name Isn't of my next true? book. Um, uh, <laughs> and One Man Play. And One Man Play. Um, Which Finner's going to star in. Right, right. Oh. Um, and uh, I, I remember going to a one Pat man, Finn we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, I remember going to a one man show with man. him and saying, I auditioned for this. I didn't get the part. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, did you hear, did you read on Twitter? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. Um, oh, what's her name? She started Reductress. I just can't remember her name. Uh, Anyway, this woman started Reductress, and she and her husband, uh, who's an improviser, uh, Peter McNerney, in New York or somewhere. I know. Okay, go ahead. Never mind. So, 
Reductress, which, by the way, is fucking hysterical. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like The Onion, but it's for ladies. Oh, great. And, and because it's for ladies, oh, my out. God, you'd fucking love it. So I can't believe I she had a this. baby in their car on the what? way to the hospital. Like Kathleen Campbell. Right, Kenny. like Kathleen right. Kenny and Kathleen Campbell. She had a baby <laughs> in the car, and she tweeted, um, Hey, Honda, we had a baby in the car. <laughs> we need a new, give us another car. What? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Wow. The Twitterverse went after her like, who the fuck do you think you are? This is taking such a turn. I didn't realize. I know, right? I thought she was going to get a free car. Oh, that's what I thought too. She's going to be in an ad. No, maybe she will be. It just happened. Right. Pushing. Um, (laughs) And people went off on her. And then I've started reading some of her tweets Uh that she did just herself. God damn it. I wish I remembered her name. I will do it and I'll add it into uh, into the outro. Um, so one of the tweets was, um, uh, <laughs> I decided to let my nanny take my daughter to work today. <laughs> it's so fucking smart. I love that. It's, it's so awesome. smart. <laughs> I don't know how I got into that, but, uh, 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 Devil's uh, Advocate. De- Devil's Advocate. Uh, my brother plays Devil's Advocate. Oh, Hitler. <laughs> Made me think about, uh, Laura and I. So then, okay, what if we look at it? Let's look at Hitler and let's just do this. I, we think it's the mustache. So the mustache didn't help. The mustache didn't help. So no, we went but it a did bunch set of, him aside. It did. It, it did. And yeah. I, I'm sure that Chaplin's like, what? what? Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Chaplin's like, don't play a devil's advocate about the mustache. Do not. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> So we decided, we went looking for Hitler pictures without the mustache. He looks worse. Oh, was it covering some kind of bad lip? No, it just is like going, you're fucking creepy. Before that was just a bad mustache. It was taking away from his creepiness. It was a red herring. It's true, if you look at the rest of his face, he's like a serial killer. He's almost like <laughs> he's almost like a serial. A serial yeah, he's almost like be careful. Let's not <laughs> be careful. You throw know what? stones. Yeah, that's a, that's a that's a that's a big brush that you're painting that with. Uh, for a painter, he could appreciate that. My brother used to play devil's advocate, and the idea of and I want to say for the record, Jeff doesn't anymore. Got it. We that that yes. certainly came across uh, in that <laughs> when um, he hears this. Uh, yeah, Jordy used to play devil's advocate, um, and. He would, and I would go, just stop it. Because it really sounds like what you're saying, you believe. Yeah, and that you're on that person's side, and I was an asshole, or whatever it was. Yeah. Right. And, As, and it sucks. Right. And it so with Jordy, terrible. I think what happened with Jordy, and maybe the same thing happened with Jeff, is Jordy became more mindful and present, and more of a sense of, I'm just going to be here with you right now. I don't, yeah. need to, I don't need to go anywhere other than to, excuse me, be in response to hearing you. And yeah. being with you. And listening to you. Right. I think Jeff's was probably exhaustion. He probably just was like, oh, not again. Not <laughs> I'm again. just going to be right. quiet. <laughs> oh, I see. I see. Yeah. The remedy. The, his, his, his like. Oh. And now I'm, I am, I'm making myself sound like I'm, I always have a problem with everybody. But, uh, you know, you have hard days. where You have hard like, days. Ah, oh, that person. Right. Took my parking spot and done it. <laughs> I think that, that whatever Laura Laura will and I had to shit <laughs> exactly come on this will make sense at the end uh, yeah at the end because the we're story. not yeah we're yeah, we're, yeah I have a story I don't just throw end. out that I have to shit well we right good point good yeah, point it, good it point. was tied it was a callback it's a callback to something that, that hasn't they happened. haven't heard exactly yet. <laughs> exactly exactly yeah you'll thank us never 
Um, uh, but Laura and I were talking about something, and we're walking down the street, and we're walking down the street as if we I had to tell you where we were, where we were talking about it. And I got the feeling like, I think I'm playing devil's advocate here. Oh, I really yeah. think I'm playing it. And then she goes, well, you do this all the time. And I'm like, yeah, here's the thing. Call me on it. Call me on my yeah, bullshit. Yeah, because you have to be aware of it then. Right. You know, like, you're not usually aware of it when you're doing it. No. And also, yeah. I want to do this. I want you to tell me something. I want to give you the opportunity. I want to, I really to give me the opportunity to, to hear something that changes me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because so many times we don't know what we're stepping in, you know. Right. Ever. Right. Especially in L.A. There's a lot of stuff on the ground. There's a lot of stuff on the ground. I've been walking. I notice that with, if you have a dog, you notice how much stuff is on the ground. Oh my God, the oh dog's going to want all of that. Yes, dead birds that have been smushed into the right? sidewalk and unrecognizable. Who was it that was showing, that had gone to a Starbucks parking lot and took a picture of all the crap that people just dump out of their car? And it was oh in the God. middle of, you know, that makes uh, me the, insane. I look at that and I think, what are you doing? What's wrong with people? Let's play devil's advocate. Okay. <laughs> just for a second. Let's just see what it feels like. Let's do that. Okay, so, um, you know what? Sometimes there's not a garbage. That's all. Teresa, sometimes tired. they're You know it? what? They were not raised to pick up their stuff. Or right. That's, that's what their dad did in Iowa. Right. Or wherever they're from. Right. And they don't know any better. They're not, their awareness hasn't, they haven't been opened up to the fact exactly. that you should take it five, one foot even, and put it in the garbage can. Right. Yeah. That wasn't satisfying at all. It wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it just made me so angry more it angry it did I'm thinking when he said Iowa I'm like Iowa fuck those Iowa people you know what typical Hawkeyes fuck those God. people and then it's you start to it's always Iowa it's always oh it's always oh. Iowa it's always <laughs> Iowa um, lately I've been thinking about this I've been thinking about like the idea that Iowa stands out and maybe I'm, I don't know if I've mentioned it on the podcast before that, but something that draws your comedic eye or really opens you up is there's a word that in that in that sentence that you said Iowa stood out to me the right. word Iowa stood out I think out. I think that I chose that word split second because of the W and the it's a good word to it's a comedy word it's Iowa. a comedy and it's interesting because it has no harsh it doesn't have harshness but yeah. Iowa is a funny Iowa Iowa word yeah Ohio. Ohio and what people think of it is funny yeah um yeah and we, I think we come to a point where we've been doing this long enough and we go, okay, that just, I love the idea of, why did I go to that? Why did I go to right. Iowa? Why did, why did I go there? And you went to Iowa because it was the just the spelling of it. Well, and it was like small town feel that they would not learn to not litter. Right. But in their small town. But it's not that. It, no, it's Iowa's not that. Not They're that. just assholes. But I, I'm going back to the idea of this. The idea of why is it not why is it, how cool is it that we're sitting there and we come up with this idea and we go, that made me laugh. And then if you want to do, just for your own sake, the forensics of how you got to that joke. You know what I mean? It wasn't that hilarious. But here's the thing. It was still, <laughs> it still got me, and uh, the forensics of why you made that decision. Right, okay. of that The word. forensics of that, that word, yeah. that particular word. And to look and to think how quickly the fucking mind went and went to that word. Right. Isn't that crazy? It's really well, crazy. Well, it's as fast as like I'm going to pick up this iced tea, you know. Right. And your brain, and then your and your arm immediately does it. Right. Like that. Right. And you don't think about it later. But then, like the I, the, the 
there's so many times where I'll sit back and I'll go, that was a fucking funny joke. How did that happen? That right. really made me fucking laugh. How did that happen? What was it that brought that together? And I've talked about this it's before. Like what part of our brain does that? You know, like what? I don't know. Yeah. But what part of our brain does that? Or what's the, what's the receptor the of that? The calculation that happens or something. And it's so fast. It is fast. Yeah. And I've talked about this before. I don't remember who I talked about it with. Someone will remember. Um, about the idea of loving your brain. Really loving the way that your brain works. Oh, I love the way nice. my brain works. That's great. You know? I like the way my brain works. Yeah. I don't, I don't love um, like memory stuff that I uh, can't remember. Like the other day, I was looking for my phone and it was in my hand. Right. And I was looking. Then, I mean, this was like... This was a, a series of things after I had taken a long nap and I was just growing. Oh, yeah, you're yeah. So then I had uh, my, I was looking for my glasses and they were on my face. You lowest cast it. And then, <laughs> totally. <laughs> there was a woman at, who used to work at Second City and she was the, the, the product manager or something. And she had to talk like this. Yes, or at least that's what lowest. Amy Sedaris said. Lois, she talked like this and she'd go, where are my glasses? <laughs> like, they're on your fucking head. Yes, anyway, it's so just like lowest cast. cast. Yeah. Not the show Lois Cast. No, which was a show. Named after Lois Cast. Right. Yeah. So you were doing that was, and you couldn't, you, you had yeah. that. And then and then we ordered food and I, I was like, oh, I'll get his forks. And I go in the kitchen then I come back and Jeff's like, uh, did you get the forks? And I was like, oh, shoot. I go back, <laughs> come back, and I've got a fork and I, and I go, how is it? <laughs> because I don't have a fork yet to eat it. And then he goes, did you, you just have one fork. Did you get yourself one? And I was like, oh, shoot. I just brought him a fork. Oh, you brought him a fork. I just brought I one. I thought you brought you a fork. I didn't know. Oh, that's him. better. And then, it's better. That's better. No, that's no. better. Uh, and then I went and got myself a fork. It was just a series. This was after the cell phone, after the eyeglasses. I did have a couple drinks at lunch before the oh, nap. Oh, Fuck. Lunch drinks. <laughs> they mess me up. I fucking love. I'm not a good drinker anyway. Did you and ever I quit drinking? Couple, um, I remember you having quit mojitos. drinking. Well, Did you ever quit drinking? I, ne I, I didn't. I wasn't like a drinker drinker ever. Uh huh. I like. I would quit for like year. Like I almost quit for ten years and never thought about it. I just didn't want any alcohol. I don't know. Right. Um, but you never were. You were never like. Oh no! I'm shunning it. I've, no, I've had no. one instance too many of going and getting a fork. No, I have for... limited myself to two because after two I get real sloppy right. and I'm like, oh, I love you and all right. that stuff. And, and nobody Jeff needs to hear I love them. No. <laughs> <laughs> I also go up to people who like have been, um, not that they weren't nice, but like if someone's a little standoffish and I've met them a thousand times, I'll go up to them and be like, Hey, you know, you you're always you're never that nice to me or whatever. Oh it's terrible. Yay. I did that to Zach Galifianakis. Because oh. back in the day he was just, you know, a guy a stand up guy. I hung out with him and uh, Dennis Govins. I just told the story last night. because um, we were talking about him. But um and I went up to him and I had some drinks and I was like, What's wrong with you? You never say hi. You never like will get in a conversation with me and we had hung out like all summer, you know. Right. Like, and uh and he's like, and you know, he was always just kind of there, and I was Dennis's friend, you right. know. But we knew each other, you know. We hung out a ton, barbecues, really all funny. kinds of stuff. He's so funny. Anyway, and he go, and then he's like, I'm just really shy and awkward, and and like socially awkward. I'm so sorry, and I just felt so horrible. 
And, you know, a couple of those in a row when I've had my third or fourth drink, I'm like, why do I need to have three or four? Like, I don't even like it that much. I really like wine. I like wine. I like the taste of wine. Yeah, I love wine. And and if I'm home and Laura will go to bed like at 11 o'clock or something, I'm like, just have another glass. Right. Why not? Why not? I'm home. Yeah. I'm home. Would you tell the the I Love You made me think about the story that I love that you tell about your (laughs) niece. Oh, my nephew. Your nephew. My nephew. When he was like, I think he was like five or six or something. And I called home and uh, they're in Indiana. And I'm talking to him. It's Aunt Teresa. I'll get on the phone. He comes on. I'm like, hey, it's Aunt Teresa. I love you. Um, you know, I'm in. And then where are you? I'm in California. Do you know where California is? No, it's far away. But I'm going to come home for Christmas. You know, just have like a. I just had like a, you know, me to me with a five year old kind of conversation, but pretty long. And then uh, I was like, okay, well, I'll see you at Christmas. I love you. And he goes, I love you. And then he hand, as he's handing back the phone, he's like, who was that? <coughs> I was just like, oh, I got to visit home more. I got to go back more. Do you go home at all? I do. I go back like at least once a year. Um, but now my family comes out here because it's lovely weather. And they're, oh, my God. You know, so they What's come it like going visit. back? Um, it, the only thing that's hard about it is seeing everybody that I want to see and that I need to see. And, mm-hmm. um, but you know what's great about going back now? Dee lives like 10 minutes from my brother's house. Dee Ryan. Yeah, so I yeah. get to see Dee when I go home. I think about, I think about us all the time. We're on a group called Stacy's Not Here for like 14 years. Wasn't Long it? time. It really is. Nine official years. Nine official years. That were like solid every single week for nine years. Right. Yeah. And then, then we've done off and on shows since then. Right. Probably up to 14. Yeah. And I look at that and I think... That does not happen. That does not no, happen. No, Beer Shark Mice is a long... Right. That's one that's been really long running. Right. That's probably the only one I know of that... Well, that I mean, has I'm ensemble. sure there's others, but that I can think of right well, now. Well, yeah, but that but usually don't... Like a group? Yeah, that's a just group? like every single week for... Right. Yeah. And... It's a long time. But, and I think that... And I, I don't remember us fighting. No. Never. Never. No. So fun. So fun. And the idea of, like, so, okay, so why was it that we, how come it lasted that long? And I think that there's something to it about this. You look at somebody, and I looked at every single person. It was Evan Gore, Peter Moretta, Pete Gardner, uh, uh, Teresa Mulligan, and D. Ryan. And yeah, me. that and, was the, the, we were the ones that, like, there were people in the beginning, Evie Peck and Chris right, Wells. Right, um, That were original cast members right. and then Carlos came in for a while. Was Melanie Hoops in it too? No. Okay, that was a different That's that was a different, different group. That yeah. wasn't yeah. So looking at all Anyway, those I just people, wanted to give them credit for Oh definitely. They were a big part of Oh God, I love the show. them. All those yeah. people too. And to look at it and think I would look at everyone there and say, I have such a tremendous amount of respect for each of those people and I would do a scene with any of them because we're listening to each other. We're really hearing yeah. each other. And we're also doing this, which I think is really fun. Um, we're celebrating each other, and I can't wait to see what the fuck you're going to do. I know, and it was just pure play. That's what was so, so fun about it. Mm-hmm. And there was no judgment or anything in the way. No. It was the just idea pure, of pure creation. Play. Right. Yeah. And to say, and I, I, I don't, and, I, and when Murray had to put it together, I think I've talked about this before, I remember him saying, I want to put a band together. 
I want to put a band together where each person plays a different instrument. And I thought, that's fucking perfect. That's cool. I didn't, I never knew that. Yeah, that's what he said to me. Um, And I was like, I love that so much. And looking at it now, there's so many times where, where, how often do you get to look at a thing and go, that, everything that I'm thinking about right now about that one particular thing, I love every fucking thing about it. And when I really have to hunt down what was it that bothered me, about it, if I'm going, but what did bother me? All right, and I don't know why anybody would do that, but right. you know, to go, okay, what was it? Would it be? It would be this. Sometimes it was hard to park around there. <laughs> That's true. You had to go a block away, which seemed like so. It was so far, but for LA, it's far. Right, 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 right. <laughs> and what about the cursed lot uh, across the street where Evan's car got? Um, I think they did a show at Bang about the cursed lot. And everybody told their stories. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, a yeah. A tree fell on Evan's car right. there once. Right, and, right. And that neighborhood has changed so much. Being so out here much. in L.A., there's so much change going on. Yeah, it's crazy. How long have you been here? I've been here 20 years. 20 years. Yeah. 20 fucking no, more years. more 21. 21 years uh-huh. this year. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, next year will be 20 years that I've been writing. That doesn't seem right. Because I, I feel like I was here a few years before I started writing, but the the numbers. What what have, what, what, have, what have you realized about the writing thing that you where you go? Okay, one of the things that you. I'm going to use this phrase, and I don't know that if it works. Where it suddenly became, either easier for you or you accepted something. Do you understand my question? Um, yeah. I think that this past year, after so long of doing it. It became, uh, I became more confident, which is a weird uh, and a long time for it to not have happened. But um, I feel like all of my uh, battle with writing and with improv and with acting is confidence. So that's my biggest hurdle. And this year I really felt on Lady Dynamite, I had a showrunner that was just so. Lady Dynamite was. That uh, was that's Maria Bamford show. Hey, goddamn it! Um, yeah, and I it comes out May twentieth. So Not that I'm here to plug. No, but the but, thing is, like, I love Maria, and I, Maria oh, was one of my students. Oh, she's amazing, and she's, I didn't know her oh, until this show. That did you we ever did hear her? Year. Did you ever hear her stand up before? Not until I was hired. Isn't yeah. it crazy good? So good. She's amazing. She's so unique and. So incredibly talented, and she's the sweetest person in the world. And she world. has such darkness in her life too. Yeah, and and she's just a such a wonderful person, and um, that experience really made me. Uh, it was that was also free play, just pure play in Did the you room. Say showrunner? No, you didn't say that. Pam what Brady. You? Pam Brady. Yeah, right. And she, I worked with her on the Loop right. for Fox years uh-huh. ago, and um, and then I did one guest um, script for her on Neighbors from Hella. Um, an animated show she also had for Fox, like after the loop, like the next year, I think it was that she had it. Anyway, um, she's she's awesome, and I don't know, it's something about the combination of people there, and um, it just kind of um, not that I was ever in my shell, but just brought me further out of my shell a little bit with the confidence thing. So, what was it that what hap- what happened for my confidence? Yeah, um, I think just. Uh, Growing up, I just felt like I had a great encouragement in my family, but then also, like, sometimes I didn't. You know, sometimes everybody's teased and all kinds of, you know, things at school. So sometimes I think those things stuck. I had really strict nuns, like, just, you know, 
authority. A lot of times on shows, this is a weird breakdown of like psychology of my childhood, but like I look at the showrunner as an authority figure, um, as because they're my bo- they're my boss, and so I feel like I because of I've kind of linked this because of like the nuns and my dad and you know stricter influences in my life in my childhood i get a little i can i can you know have that influence me in a bad way confidence wise so you're seeing the showrunner as a representation of all authority figures or 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 problematic authority figures that you've had in your life yeah exactly and i can't and it's really hard for me to shake that and it's a fear that runs deep so isn't it interesting yeah and, and all I, that it is is one day you go wait that's not a nun that's yeah. not my dad that's not yeah. a bad teacher that's not a coach that i've had they're not my parents they're not they're, my parents they're, they're a creative person trying to do a show exactly yeah and, they're a creative and the person shows doing i've done show. better creatively on i know the showrunner um like peters and betsy and betsy you know i feel yeah i feel freer to um be myself right and you know, I don't have that. Okay, fear. wait, wait. I want to take a moment just to say to be yourself. To be yourself means. So when you say when you say to be yourself, I have a concept of what that means. What does it mean when you say to be yourself? What does that mean? Um, I think that when we go into a lot of times when when I go into a writer's room and I think other people, I see it in other people, especially if it's a really strong writer's room in a way that uh, doesn't encourage people to be themselves. People will conform to the group. So a lot of times, but for, because they're afraid of, they're, they're trying to hide with. Yeah, the they don't want to be teased, Got or it. they don't want to be um, whatever. Interesting. And uh, and so I think that uh, you conform sorry, in the sense I, of I maybe just, getting a little quieter or politer or. They're hiding. Whatever I, I'm it is. sorry. I'm I just like really blown away by that. They're hiding in the group. Yeah. They're hiding their opinion in the group. They're hiding. Right. Okay. So I'm sorry. I just had to wrap my head around that. So there's some there's some rooms I feel safer giving my opinion if it goes against the grain, because uh, that's not always fun. Or if you're pulling a string and you may have you hopefully have a solution to it, but you know sometimes I just like I don't have the answer, but I'm this isn't ringing true to me. Um, or whatever, and oh, so at that moment, so what so you're reading is like, I don't that. have an answer, it just isn't working for me right now. Let's keep working at it, yeah. But, um, most of the time, I try to get you know, you're supposed to have an answer, a fix for whatever your string you're pulling in the story or whatever you're working on. So, um, you know, sometimes I'll sit there for a while, but I don't want that particular idea to go too far down the line of like act breaks and everything before I go, oh my god, this doesn't feel right. Uh, and this is why, you know, usually you have to also say why. Right. Um, and, and that goes back know, to that goes back to us talking about I've won what and makes lost funny. Those. You know yeah. what what makes what ring what what, what rings true. What rings true. What's yeah. also like oh that it's just that that yeah. why that that's why that works. Exactly. Yeah. So if it, you know, I think in certain rooms I've absolutely felt free to say at any moment like oh this you know uh, what if what about if we do this instead or whatever you know and. There's there's rooms that I I have the answer and I feel weird speaking. I it's it's really hard to speak up. So, you know, it just depends on the show and how it's ran and all all of that, you know, and so that's where I think that people or I 
I shouldn't speak for everybody, but I've I have talked to a lot of other writers who are like, I don't even pitch anymore, you know, because, and it's like, I'm oh a, no, their confidence they're are, afraid. Their they're confidence, afraid. right? They've been beat down, right? Yeah. So. Uh, right. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And and it's just so interesting because fear is the death of anything creative. That's right. Yeah. And the. Lady Dynamite show, when you see it, you will see it's fearless. And and Pam Brady, as a showrunner, was absolutely fearless. And and we were all like, okay, let's we're doing this, you know, we're we're doing this particular thing that makes us all nervous. And she's like, if we're nervous, that means we're creating something that, you know, at least makes people think. So it's not nerve it's not fear, it's nervous. Uh I think it's fear too. It's fear too. There's times where and you know, there's, you know, in it coming out, there's like, oh, can't wait for people to see it, but it is so out there. You know, what are people going to think of it? And, right. You know, whatever else, you know, and there's, you know, so I think that that, but I'm excited, but it's exciting because it's what so are the different. Writers? Um, there's Jen Statsky, who she's done Broad City and she was on Parks and Rec and um, she's amazing. And uh, Kyle McCullough, who I worked with at South Park, and mm-hmm. he is just like also brilliant and just uh, also a songwriter he wrote a lot of the songs in the show um and like off the top of his head in two seconds like he's that guy and you know he's brilliant and um and a writing team that came over from two and a half men max searle and uh, matt ross and they're just hilarious and amazing as well and i love i love working with people who inspire me you know oh yeah, I mean? that's that's how that's it felt, it. and it was just so fun, and and it felt like Stacy's not here, where we were all just playing and building off of each other right. and off of um, Maria's stories, and Maria was in the room as much as she could be um, for pre-production, and uh, and that was super fun, and she's so open and funny and right. hilarious. She's and very sweet. vulnerable too. She's so vulnerable. She's really really vulnerable. She and was free to share whatever we wanted to put in the show and, right. and do and, and some of the stories are really really harsh yeah yeah and we really tried to take those stories and and make them um not fantasy but um have her quirkiness in them right. so they do go to places that are you know are then fiction right but, um but they're based you know, in reality her, her pug talks and mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. that kind of mm-hmm. stuff so uh yeah, they're based on true stories. They're based on true stories. Yeah. And when they're based on true stories, that shit just comes, it just comes. comes. Yeah. It comes through. And it comes through and it's also really inspiring. Yeah. It's that idea of sitting down and thinking, what's funny? It's like, fucking don't, what's funny right. me? It's just, what story are we telling of hers and how can we make it the most her? Exactly. You know? And I, I look at a show like, have you watched Marin's show? I haven't. Uh, I haven't either. Um, but there's... Is, those are two stand-ups that right. their lives are uh, their lives. I mean, I, I haven't seen um, Lady Dynamite. What's what network it's it on? It's Netflix. It's Netflix. Yeah, so it'll be up. Um, all the episodes, all twelve, will be up on May twenty. Boom! I'm excited. Boom! Um, but yeah, it's it's it was a fun experience because it and it was also um, I was the number two on it um, with Pam and Mitch and uh, Mitch Hurwitz from Arrested. Right and. It was so great to see how many people and comedians and actors came out because of Maria. Right. Because she's so loved in right. in the stand up community and 
everyone was like, oh, yeah, I'll totally do a little guest, you know, Judd Apatow, Sarah Silverman. Right. Uh, and, Look at the you universe know, like that all we these live people. In. Yeah. Like the people that we know. I, I really, like, I don't know those people. I don't know Judd. I know Sarah from when I first moved out here. She was in the alternative stand-up group that I That's hung right. out with, and uh, and look at those people. I know, just doing so well. I always think that our time is so special. But mostly all of them around doing it still. Sorry, That's what I mean. That's what I yeah. mean. Like yeah. that. Like most of them but are on around a higher doing level. It. Right. Yeah. On a very it's so different great level. To see. Well, I know Maria. I think Maria also wrote on a show that was a Second City Naked News that was one of the first shows, like an Onion, that was done on for Second City. Uh-huh. It, Katie, my ex-wife, was a, a, a production coordinator on that show. Oh, and wow. I believe that it was, I can't remember, but I just had Graham Elwood on. Do you know uh-huh. Graham? So Graham, no, Graham's a stand-up. Yeah. And he was on that show, writing on that show. Um, Bill Dwyer was writing. Do you know I Bill Dwyer? I love Bill Dwyer. I fucking love Bill Dwyer. Like, these Watch people. Watch for, um, in the office of Maria's manager on the show, Bill Dwyer's pictures in the background. Oh, that's of, awesome. of every episode. <laughs> I'm like, I can't. It's a little Easter egg for Bill Dwyer. I know, I know. And but I'd love to have him on the show. I love him so much. Get another season. I'd love to have everybody. Oh my god. Pile everyone in. I mean, it's it's so fun. Teresa, look at look at what happened. Like I do this so often. Mo on the Collins show. plays her, her oh, uh, best friend. Right. And uh, Mary Kay plays plays her mom, <sighs> who I love, and she was the sweetest, greatest. Ed Bagley Jr. plays her dad. Hmm. Amazing. We go. We do three different time periods. One is L.A. past, where she's manic and doing really well in her career because she's manic and uh, can get a lot done and all that, and uh, and just making choices that she doesn't love or don't work out for her. And then she has her mental breakdown. Right. And um, in real life, she went to psych wards out here, but in our show, she goes back to Duluth, where right. she's from, to uh, rehabilitate. And um, that's where we see Mary Kay Place and Mo and um, Ed Bagley Jr. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then the present day, uh, where she's newly medicated and back and trying to correct her mistakes in the past, and and but overcorrecting still. Right. She still can't quite get it right. Man. But um, so it... every episode has those three time periods, and we just kind of hope the audience gets it all, you know, like or it's amazing follows what you can do on the Netflix, journey, though. you know. Right. Yeah. But Netflix, we can get away with shit on Netflix, Hulu, yeah. Amazon, like that kind of shit. You can get, get away with that totally. stuff. Totally. They were the most, I mean, creative partners that we could have. Like, they just let us do all the creative stuff we wanted to. And we always thought they were going to be like, oh, they're never going to let us do this. And they, they are. And they were like, this is, you know, hilarious, of course. Yeah, right. do that. And, you know, they had great notes when, and that really elevated stuff and I mean they are just great the best notes to work with. from the studio amazing yeah and and that's all you can ask for right you know? that's right. that's the best and money they are the best yeah right. and money and money and they were, I, I, they I, were I, also you know, I, I'm, when I mean money what I mean is production of certainly you want to get paid right um, but also like are you putting money no, they're into, great they right. you know they have the money to pay you what comparable to the network stuff. You know, you don't get residuals because it's not set up that way, that Yet. network. Yet. I know. It's uh, got to be something that... I don't no, know. I don't know, I don't what, I don't know what the future is for I don't know what the future is either. Yeah. And I, but I do know that... And we didn't do much on the strike, but... Right. So, didn't do much on the strike. And there's no one policing it. That's the problem. No. That's the whole thing. Like, WGA, there's always a representative that comes once a year and um, the to the writer's guild. room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, they send a representative, and every year we ask them, like, 
and they're like, yeah, you have to, if you suspect something, if you can track it and find, and you have to do the research yourself of like, this channel is airing my stuff before the 17 days, or this channel is airing it in, you know, Zimbabwe <laughs> or right. whatever, you know, uh, and how are we going to track that? Like, who has time to sit and, and like, find out where your stuff is being On the aired? internet. Yeah, and what you're not getting paid for. Right. Like, it's crazy. At like, And, you know, they don't have the, the manpower to do that themselves either mm. for for all the writers. How many people would yeah, you need just, for that? So it's a, it's a thing that's they just need to get it in contracts. Right. You know, because right. it's no one's going to be able to police that. No. And SAG, I thought, did a great job of, of helping people police their stuff. They're very good at it. Yeah. I remember them being very good. But even that, like someone was, someone's friend was at um, like a, a football game and saw their friend's commercial up on the big jumbotron and told the person, and they were like, "Oh, I should check with my agent if I should be being paid for that." They got like a huge check from that, like a sixty thousand dollar check. Or That's something. what happened to me. That happened to me. Yeah. Pat Finn and I were in a commercial in a Miller Lite commercial that we did in Chicago. Uh huh. We come out here. Johanna Stein calls me and says, I saw your commercial on the Jumbotron at the Lakers game. We're like, no I don't way. have a commercial. And they're like, we did do a commercial, and it's there. And we went, okay, what do we... Uh, and I went, Pat, can you find out about that? Right. So we both went, oh, what's happening? And, and we're like, oh, well, they showed it. And now what? So I called my... So I was working through my Chicago agent, uh -huh. but I had an agent out here, Commercials Unlimited. So I called my Chicago... I called Commercials Unlimited here in LA, and I said, right. what do I do? And they said, well, that's theirs. But if I were you, I would just tell them, you're going to take care of it here. And I went... Right. Okay. Right. So they, I called Chicago and I'm like, they're going to take care of it here. And Chicago went, okay. I was like, oh, <laughs> all right, great. Then I called over here and my agent, my, they said, um, okay. And this is so awesome because they said, um, this happened. We have, we, we have, we have proof that it happened. Uh -huh. Um, and they had canceled the commercial and they said they were going to run it. And we have proof that it happened. And how much do you want? How much you want? How much do you want? Five million dollars. <laughs> so for me, I'm thinking, I'm thinking the other way. I'm thinking, I don't know, a thousand dollars. And they went, and my agent did this, because he is a fucking hard bargainer. Right. He said, uh, no. How much do you want? And I said, I don't know, four thousand dollars. <laughs> and he went, how much do you want? And we went, I don't know, it was maybe fifteen seconds until I said, all right, ten grand. And this is twenty five years ago. Right. Twenty years ago. Yeah. So ten and he grand went, was. And it was 10, 10 grand. He goes, okay. And that's what I got. Oh I got 10 grand. I got 10 grand. What did I got 10 get? Grand. What happened with Finner? Finner got 10 grand. We both got right. 10 grand. We both and got 10 grand. 25 years ago. That was, I mean, Fucking and awesome. especially like where we were, like, oh my, oh my God. God, if someone gave me $100 for my rent, I was like in over the moon. And I think that the major part I did of a UNICEF. I, I played ALF uh, for a Northwestern game for $100. <laughs> I played the character oh, Al. Oh, I understand. The big furry. Oh, I know. You yeah. were you were the inside a character of the mask in the head. smelled like vomit. In oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, and it was a hundred degrees. Somebody up. told me a story. And kids about, were kicking me. Oh yeah, yeah. I played a squaw at a a mall. <laughs> I played a squaw at a mall opening a shoe store. I played a squaw. I had a squaw what hat. Was D's line? Let the engine speak. <laughs> Let the engine speak. Right. 
<laughs> wait, wait. Still quote that. I know. <laughs> but, oh, but the idea so you of, were in well, the, you I was were... a squat at a mall outside <laughs> and it was really hot and they had no shade. It's always hot. It's fucking hot. Somebody told me, oh, I remember years ago. Or um, it's freezing cold. Or it's in freezing Chicago. cold. Jeff almost got frostbite. He was, him and his friend were dressed as gorillas to go to a big event um, and get paid probably $100. Right. And um, they were on a little um, Vespa. And their their feet did not have full coverage, <laughs> so they were both like almost like could barely walk on their feet when they got there. The playing two gorillas, but the fun thing is, his friend saw a guy he hated at this event, like some corporate guy, and just went up to him and started pushing him as the monkey, <laughs> and like fucking with him. <laughs> and he's like, "What's going on? What? Why are you doing this?" Oh, you know what? Anyway. Oh, there's a whole <laughs> bunch that you could do. It's like, oh my god, you could do a whole podcast on people dressed in outfits in heat or cold. Well, I got no joke. Okay, so <laughs> there was there was some situation. a story that I read about uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs at Disneyland. And uh-huh. Disneyland, they're very specific oh, what yeah. you can and cannot yeah. do when you are doing in cosplay or whatever right. it's called. You know, Bill Cosplay. <laughs> so when you're doing cosplay. And um, uh, and one, the story goes that there was one of the seven dwarfs was sick. Wait, like, dwarfs or dwarfs? dwarfs? I don't know, dwarfs. Kevin Dorfs. Kevin Dorfs family was... Right. Snow White and the Kevin Dorfs. <laughs> Whoa. Oh my Whoa. god, there's that your show. That has never happened before. I don't know that anybody's Snow ever... Snow White and, and the, the Kevin, Kevin Dwarfs. Dwarfs. Oh my god, we have to do an improv show. I know. Snow White and the Kevin Dwarfs. Put it up tomorrow at I.O. Kevin Dwarfs. It's hard Kevin not to say Dwarfs. Dwarfs. I know. Snow White and the Kevin Dwarfs. <laughs> that could not Snow be more perfect. Snow White and the Kevin Dwarfs. That could we not have be... to contact him immediately. Oh my god! Oh my god! How <laughs> does that not happen before? Someone has to have said it to him. Somebody we... called up. Somebody called up one anyway. a gig that I was doing. Uh-huh. I'm changing subject. <laughs> Somebody called up a gig when I was doing. I left a message, but apparently went through Siri to say that essentially she essentially she wanted like I would really like to uh, I I want to know about um, the workshop given by Dave David Rosaski uh-huh. and. He got the message, and the message was this. It was a text message because Siri got it the way that she got it. Um, I want to know about the workshop uh, by Deborah's House Keys. <laughs> Deborah's House Keys. <laughs> that is the best. And instead of Deborah's House Keys. Oh my Keys, God, it's Deborah's House Keys. So I did a bunch of posters. You have a new like, nickname. Deborah's House Keys. For sure. Deborah's House Keys. We got um, the anniversary anniversary flowers from Jeff's mom the other day. And uh, the woman heard her wrong. And it said, happy anniversary, Jess and Risa. R-Y-S-S-A. <laughs> Jess. Oh anyway, God. not as good as Deborah's House Keys, though. Uh, there oh was some, you know at so Second City funny. when they had to transcribe the tapes? Oh, yeah. Somebody transcribed the tape. There was like Colbert <laughs> and Scott Allman, where Scott Allman came over to his house and was in the basement. It was an ECC scene. And it was in the basement. And Kevin and, and, and Colbert was bought, selling insurance to Allman. Uh-huh. And like, give him the fucking hard sell. <laughs> the real hard sell. And, and Colbert was like, well, sir, what, do you masturbate? Well, do you masturbate? And um, like, well, yeah, I masturbate. Keep your voice down. My wife's upstairs. It's like, do you masturbate? Well, what do you use as a lubricant? And he's like, and, and Almond had these, he pulled this shit out of his ass, you know, these Americana things. And he went, what, so what do you use as a lubricant? And Almond went, goop. 
Goop. You know what goop is? Yes. It's that thing that takes uh, the oil. Stuff off your hands. Yeah, Dad's a carpenter, so we always oh, right, use goop. Yeah. Right, it's the worst lubricant ever. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> so goop. So the person transcribing it, it, it will take grease off of your penis. And if you it, have, oh if my you god, have a greasy penis. it will take it will take, <laughs> take the, the skin, skin right, off of right everything because yeah. it's made ninety five percent of silicate and it's sand, worst, yeah. which might be the same thing. So. <laughs> Um, so the person trying to describe it is like, sir, yeah, do you masturbate? Shh, keep your voice down. Sir, what, 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 um, what lubricant do you use? And instead of saying goop, he, whoever wrote it down went chalkboard glue. <laughs> chalkboard glue. Chalkboard <laughs> glue. Wait a minute. He might have stumbled out a great invention. I know. I think that, I think that we used it in the show. It was like, what is Chalkboard glue. Chalkboard glue. <laughs> goop. Chalkboard glue. How do you get that? It's so much longer. It doesn't even track. (laughs) It doesn't even track. But somebody must have thought, well, maybe they went, chalk glue. Right, right. Goop. Or goop. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so uh, Kevin Dorfs. Snow White and the Kevin Dorfs. So, the, so Kevin, so one of the Kevin Dorfs is on the the parade down Main Street. Uh huh. And they have, Disney has very strict rules of what you can, how you wave, and how you stand. Right. And, and and I think before this went up, one of the sleepy or sneezy went, <laughs> "I'm not feeling well." And it's like, "Oh no!" Well, I just you know, it just and it was a really uber <laughs> fucking hot day, an of uber course. hot day in Anaheim and they're driving down and Snow White is doing the, the queen wave or whatever right. it is and she looks over and she sees Sneezy start to, to oh, get no. queasy and then <laughs> and then he just leans over into Sleepy who then has to hold him up because if he falls he's Everyone. fired yeah. oh no he's fired he's oh, fired that's terrible the, no this is the terrible part he threw up in his head. Oh, God. I've done that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's oh, awful. No. Right. Oh, and the hot heat grossness. And I know someone take... threw up in that elf head. I know it. I mean, it was pure vomit smell <laughs> that was not coming out for 100 years. Like, it was in there. Oh. oh. Do you right? think he quit? Do you think I he stayed on for years with vomit smell? On I his, don't know. Because that stuff doesn't come out. It doesn't mind. come out. No, not on that plastic. And then if there's any fabric, I mean, there was a story. Not clean that I, the, the vomit thing. I've always Look. like. I'm intrigued by poop stories and vomit stories. Um, Jay, the late great Jay Leggett was in a mm. car when he was in high school. And somebody had just got a brand new Camaro, and Jay was a big guy. Yeah. And he got sat in the back of the seat. He got sat in the back. Uh huh. And they were going over some like a lot of train tracks, and he had oh he had, no, and he just threw up in between the bucket seats <laughs> and just went oh. and just threw up in the bucket seats, and and the girl driving like, what are you doing? Why am I <laughs> Years later, they're at a party. A year later, he's at a party out here in L.A., and a woman comes up to him, and goes. My car still smells. Oh my god. <laughs> That's holding on to it. I mean, she's holding on to the smell too, obviously right. in her car, but wow. When your car smells? Oh yeah, that's the worst. Well, you know Rhonda of from um, Kopi Cafe. Yes. Alan Rhonda. So uh-huh. Rhonda had oh, a car Cafe. and in the back she had lentil soup. Oh god. And she had to stop <laughs> suddenly. And the lentil soup just went. Oh no! And she had that car for four more years. There was never a time it did not oh, smell no. like lentil soup. Oh, and like rotten lentil soup. Rotten probably. lentil soup. Oh, rotten that's lentil terrible. Soup. Rotten lentil soup. That's also a good show. 
Rotten Lentil Soup. It'd be a good, uh, yeah, bad improv A name. good band. Good band, like, it's too jokey. Yeah, it's We're going to have to take it back. Yeah. So you're going to have to, you're, you're going right. to have to give a suggestion, go, uh, working. Yeah. There's a lot of politeness that you're going to have to go, that you probably go through when you're dealing with people. Like when you're giving notes, when oh. you want to go, well, is it ever that's awful or... I don't know. I guess it all depends on who the showrunner is to be able to say. Well, there's always a way to say, uh, you know, that it just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. That, that's a nice way to say things like that. Right. It just doesn't work. I don't know if work. this works right here. It's a great joke, but I don't know if this works. Or I don't know if this is the show. Oh, that's, that's a good way to one. say it. That's another one. You're yeah. writing for a different show. You're writing. You're writing. I'm great, always writing not for a for different this. show. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, but just to be able to say to somebody, but you also have to have thick skin. Oh God, yeah, yeah. I don't take like when I say I take personal rejection. I mean, if I don't get a job that I was personally up for or that I really wanted, I don't feel that way with writing so much. I, I'm because it's just a numbers game, and it, it's you know, often it's not you know you go out for so many that that you don't get attached. You're not like already working on the show and then fired or something you know that would be really tough and um method in red a show i worked on they were i found out that on a plane coming back from boston that if we continued past the however many we did i think we did 13 that they weren't going to have me back and they were getting to choose who they had back and i cried the entire Airplane about Method and Red about Method Man and Red Man not wanting to have me back on the show. Method and, and like Red. they and and they were very like a big part of the show, obviously because they're the stars. But they weren't in the writers' room, so they didn't know who contributed what and all that stuff. And oh. so that that's what the unfairness unfairness really bothers me. So that I felt really like it was unfair because I I did really great on that show as far as my own personal contribution to the comedy. How would you have dealt with but, it now? Um, now I don't think I would have had that reaction. What's the difference between now and then? Um, I think it's just years, years and age and thinking like, um, not putting my worth so much in other people. Say that one more time. Not putting my worth so much in other people and their opinion. Although I do very much. That's one, another one of my things of like worrying about what people think about me all the Mm -hmm. time. But as you get um, older, isn't that... As you get that, older, it gets less and less. You're like, I don't care. I'll wear a fanny pack, a leather fanny pack. You do have a leather, but it's a leather fanny I pack. It is leather. It's dressy. Right. But I can't take the purse anymore. Just keeping track of it all the time. Like, where's my purse? I got to get my purse. Blah, blah, blah. And you'd think this would be just like a purse, but it's so much easier. It's just hands-free and... I have, um, I have an iPhone, and on the back, it's got like a little pocket. Uh-huh. And I've got six cards in there. That's it. How do guys get away with no, like, you know, I have to have my glasses. I have to have my keys. There's I do not have, much in here. I have, but... I, have a, I have a side bag that I wear okay. every once in a while. Like a, man, a, a man purse. A man purse. A purse. <laughs> I have a purse that I wear every once in a while. But I feel like I have the shit that, like, my big thing now is to come up to guys and go, let me see your wallet. Yeah. Let me see your wallet. And let's go. And do you have a gun really? when you say it? Let me see your wallet. <laughs> Money over your money or your life. What you carry. I'm thinking. Yeah. So it's it like looking at it saying, Blockbuster card, really? Um, that's what I did know, the other day. I, boom, no. To fit my no, wallet right, in this no, thing. Yeah. None of that. Who cares? But that that's the thing about getting older is you go, Who cares? Yeah. And and you get I don't, I don't know how I got so attached to stuff that I have in my purse. Now there's moments where I'm like, Oh, I don't have this thing that's in my bigger bag, my spare underwear. Right. For example. 
Right. <laughs> They'll hear about that later. Right. Um, Very soon. That'll make soon. Right. Make sense soon. Um, but like, you know, I I can fill uh, the biggest bag and then pare down to this little thing and really never miss all that stuff. Right. Because I'll like take it for the day. Mm. That's when I have to kind of take more stuff for like if I, I don't know, um, I don't even know what's in that bag now. See? I don't need it. That's such an interesting thing because I also look at that and go, okay, how do we, uh, like taking that and making that the metaphor of so many things that are going on in my life, the oh, things that you used to hold on to when you're younger because that really mattered then. And your journey from looking at the nuns and looking at, <laughs> you know what I mean, the yeah. nuns and the parents and the, author the, the authority, authority figures, figures and to yeah. go, you know what, why am I bringing all of that, why am I bringing that purse over to right. this job. I don't need to. I don't, this job does not even right. need for me that's to have a, a purse. That's a good metaphor. I, or whatever it is, comparison. I think that that's why many people are so angry at tiny houses right now. Because mm -hmm. they're so attached to stuff that they're angry that somebody can pare down that small. Tiny houses okay being... The tiny houses that are, you know, people are moving into tiny houses. Right. Like real tiny ones. Oh, no, right. Those, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. The trendy ones. Right. Um, I think that's why they get so pissed about it. Like hipster, trendy... T tiny houses is like I can't go with my stuff. How dare you let go of your stuff? I had a girlfriend who said who who lived here. Jen, when Jen Jen lived with me, she went through a lot of my stuff and went, "Why do you need this?" I'm like, oh. "You don't understand. This is mine." <laughs> and, she, and like, "I'm I a 50 know. year old man, and you just don't. You're 36 years old. And you don't understand." It's like, <laughs> no. And then when we broke up, and I'm looking I'm like, "I don't need fuck that. it. She's right. I know. I don't need most of the stuff I have, and it's it's weird. It's a weird psychological thing, especially my closet. I need to clear that out, and I'm just holding on I don't know what it is have I told you I don't know if I told you about it I mentioned it before I have this club called fuck that book <laughs> and the fuck that book club is this you know that book that you're never going to read oh fuck that book you know that book yes. that you read that you didn't like fuck that, fuck book. that book you know that that's book that really somebody good. gave you fuck that book yes. and then you take it over to fuck that shirt you fuck do the fuck that, that shirt. shirt. The fuck that that's shirt. That's gonna help club. me in my closet. I know. That's what I'm saying. Really Where you look and you go, fuck you know what? Dress. Fuck that, that dress. Always makes me feel bad when I put it on. Exactly. And then I put it back in the closet. It's right. There. Instead fuck of going, that. fuck that. And I spent money on it. Right. And here's so nothing. Mad. Fuck all that. Don't put that in your purse. <laughs> Don't put that money thing in your purse. You know. Exactly. But the, when we look at that sort of stuff and we go, you know what? I don't fucking need that. And every time I look at that thing, I feel bad because it's associated exactly. with other stuff. And a bad choice that I made. That's why it makes me mad. Right. I have to justify having it in my closet, keeping it in my closet. And here's the thing. You don't have to give it away. You get to throw it away. Because right. fuck that. Fuck that dress. <laughs> Although I do like to put it to good use. You know, I gave... Uh, we have a cleaning lady come in every once in a while because we have dogs and they have lots of You don't hair. have to give me a reason. I, I, have a I really... Lady. I'm so guilty. Of, I feel but here's so guilty thing. about it. What? Hey. How does the place look after she's there? Fantastic. Right. It's Fuck nice. That. Fuck that. Fuck that thought that you have why you have Guilt. to justify that thought. Right. Go <laughs> and, ahead. And she loves it. She loves, I mean, I don't know if she loves doing it. She seems to. She's like an organizational person. She's uh -huh, always uh -huh. like, and she seems to really love her job. I'm maybe I'm fooling myself. It doesn't matter. Doesn't but matter. she needs the money, so she why, wins. Why on why that. you keep going here? I'm so Just guilty stop it. about it. Stop it. Just let it go. Anyway, okay, so fuck that. And but uh the what was I gonna say about it? Um, you were Originally. saying, fuck that, like get rid of it, just throw it away, and you're like, I like the Oh, yeah, so yeah. I gave her, and I'm not, and this is going to sound like I'm tooting my own horn in a way because of the end of the story, but it really taught me a lesson about letting stuff go to people who might find great use for it. I had um, a, a 
uh, vacuum cleaner, one of those um, ones so that I could do the stairs that you plug in and it charges it. And then you do the stairs in the whole house and, uh-huh. you know, you don't need a cord. So I uh, did that. Uh, and I didn't. Need, I got a new one because it was clogging so much because we had so much dog hair. Um, so I get rid of. I I say, do you want this? Sure. The other day she tells me that her uh, brother, who's in a wheelchair, loves it because he can actually vacuum with that lightweight vacuum cleaner, and it's long enough. It's a long one, you know. Right. And it made me feel like, oh my god, I almost hung on to that just for like in case i need it someday right. who cares fuck that vacuum cleaner like i don't need that vacuum cleaner sitting taking up room in my house that i'm not using right and you got and rid it, of that anyway it made me feel like oh you never know where your shirt or vacuum cleaner or whatever it is goes and how it makes somebody happy the main thing is get the story. fuck rid of it that's right it was let a good it lesson fuck go. let it go okay. you don't need it Okay. Let's let that go. That was mm-hmm. really good. We're going to stop there, by the way. Okay. So you don't have to keep talking. Oh, I like that, Teresa Mulligan Rosenthal. Oh, she got me laughing. She is a fine, fine improviser. And if you ever have an opportunity to watch her perform, I think we're going to be doing a Stacy's Not Here reunion uh, in November. Check that out. Uh, May 20th, it's Lady Dynamite, uh, Maria Bamford's show that uh, Teresa's written on. It's on Netflix. I'm there. Um, okay, my workshop and performance comings and goings. Ready for that? May 20th, Side Stage Improv in San Diego. May 28th, it's a Rizowski and Clifford show at IO West. June 6th, I've got two workshops in one day at the Magnet Theater. June 11th and 12th, I'll be in Denver teaching some positive stuff. If you live somewhere, chances are I'll be teaching there. Check it out at davidrizowski.com. ADD Comedy with Dave Rizowski is produced by Lauren Parker and me. Like our show? Give us some love on iTunes, won't you? Send questions and comments to DavidADDcomedy.com. Here's Teresa's awesome story. So this last Christmas, Susie Gardner made Pete me... Pete Gardner's wife. Pete Gardner's And a wife. wonderful fucking She's person. She's the best. She made me a pair of underwear that say spare on the back to have in my purse as a backup because I shit my pants so much. <laughs> <laughs> And I just was on a job where, like, the writer's room, my second week in, they were like, have you, wait, we have to ask you something. Have you ever shit your pants? And because there were a couple people in that room that never shit their pants and people could not believe it. I cannot believe I it. I can't believe I it. I can't believe that it. That kind of control, I just don't even understand. It's not just that. It's you like, can't control right. it when it's, like, really right. a situation. And, and it's also where you keep going, oh, this is, and I've said this before, some, I can tell, this could what I'm going through right now could be a story, but I'm yes. not going to let it be a story. It's, got, it's, it's such mind over matter, and sometimes it doesn't matter. What your mind... <laughs> what your mind wants, the matter, where, the, where it wants the matter to stay. I almost had it right before coming here on Larchmont. I was searching, sweating for a place. Couldn't uh-huh. find a parking lot. Mm. I mean, parking spot. Because you shit in a parking lot. I, I like to shit in parking lots. <laughs> I'm known for it. Uh, so I finally found a spot and mm-hmm. went... Uh, in Jamba Juice, my uh-huh. favorite place on Larchmont to go. Yeah, I know where all the all of them are. Oh yeah, everywhere in town. Right, J Crew is a great one. Um, if you're ever in the Grove, oh you know that's what? Very clean. For me, Crate and Barrel. Crate and Barrel. Crate and Barrel. Do you know where it is? Are you talking about you shit in a crate and a barrel, or are you talking about the if you store? can shit in a parking lot, I can shit in a crate and barrel. <laughs> you're not one to judge. <laughs> anyway, they asked me in the writers' room. Have you ever shit? And I pulled out the underwear. I go, have I ever shit my pants? And pulled out the underwear. And it was it was perfect timing. And guess what? 
I don't have the underwear on me today. <laughs> so it was real sticky, sticky situation. <laughs> <laughs> okay.